Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the show about Titanic. This is your host Edward and today we are interviewing Maureen McKinney from Belfast. And today's episode is very special because I'm not in the US, I'm in Ireland. Yes, Ireland. I've recently moved, that's why I haven't been uploading so much. Anywho, today we are interviewing Marie McKinney, a genealogy expert for Harland and Wolf. So, let's get this interview started. So, welcome to the show about Titanic, Maureen. Thank you very much, Edward, for that lovely welcome and introduction. I'm glad to have you back on Irish soil. I'm too. So could you please tell us a little bit about yourself, Maureen? Yes, so as you have mentioned, I am Maureen McKinney and I am Vice Chair of the Belfast Titanic Society. And I have um, been interested in Harland and Wolf, particularly Titanic, since I was a teenager, which is quite a few years ago now. And I have a particular interest in the people who worked in Harland and Wolf and those that perhaps worked on Titanic's construction, due to the fact that I have had relatives that have worked in Harland and Wolf. So, can you tell us a little bit about your relatives that have worked at Harland and Wolf? Yes, well, first of all, there was my grandfather, my mother's father, and uh, he, we know, worked on Titanic's construction. He was born in 1885. He became an apprentice joiner, then went on to become uh, proficient in his job. And he worked in the Belfast shipyards for 55 years. So there was another Belfast shipyard called Workman Clark, which was very popular at the time of Titanic's build as well. And it employed at its peak 12,000 employees, Harland and Wolf. 35,000 employees in its Belfast shipyard. There were also other shipyards that Harland and Wolf had in um, the rest of United Kingdom. But I primarily am interested in the Belfast shipyards. And my other grandfather worked in Harland and Wolf. He was what was known as a shipwright. And uh, he worked from, he was 14, which was the common age for the boys, young men, to start their work. And he worked for 30 years before he died at the young age of 44. Okay, so what's the shipwright? A shipwright's job was quite a specialist job. They would have worked on the sort of the the deck level um, of the ship. So they would have helped the corkers who were the men who put the oakum and which is like a fiber in between the deck panels and pitched it with tar to keep it waterproof. They would have also been the ones responsible for putting the shoring of the big trunks against the side of the hull in preparation for the ship's launch. They had a variety of jobs that was done in all conditions working outside. It wasn't a very specialist job in that they didn't have um, engineering or the joinery experience. It would have been more rough and ready kind of work. They wouldn't have been as well paid 
as some of the, of the other professions, but it certainly was a job that was vital uh, for the, the building of vessels. Going on to my other relatives then, I also have another relative, a great uncle, who was a fireman. So yes, believe it or not, there were firemen in Harland and Wolf, and he was employed there for a number of years. He actually died during the Great War period, World War I, First World War, and he went on a Harland and Wolf built ship. And when he was in the Mediterranean Sea, that vessel got torpedoed and he lost his life. And his name is mentioned on the Harland and Wolf War Memorial, which contains 497 men's names on it. I also then had another great uncle who was a shipwright in Harland and Wolf. I had other uh, great, great aunts who worked in the canteen. So not only men worked in the shipyard, but women too. So as you can see, I have quite a family connection to the Belfast shipyards. So can you tell us a little bit about the process that you use for genealogy research, including any websites that you can use to find relatives' ties with Harland and Wolf and the Titanic? I am a member of the Northern Ireland Family History Society, which helps people from all around the world who are trying to find out information about their relatives who would have been in Ireland. I am the person who gets all the questions sent to regarding shipyard employees. The first um, way I started out when I was doing my own family tree was looking at the um, birth, marriage and death certificates. And up to the period of um, 1921, so that is what we call the 100-year rule, where those records are allowed to be released to the public, I was able to find out my grandfather's marriage certificate, which gave his occupation. Now, because he was a joiner, he could have been employed at uh, almost anywhere. If you have a relative maybe that was a riveter or a plater or um, a molder, one of those occupations that were primarily used in the shipyard, then it is much easier to follow a trail. Also on their children's birth certificates, it gives the uh, father's occupation. Then whenever they died, you will see um, lists of where they um, worked maybe as well as their occupation. Other valuable sources include the 1901 and 1911 censuses for Ireland, because at that time, Ireland was one old country. There wasn't a north, nor was there a south. So what you would be able to do is look up your relatives' records, and you would see the occupation of them at the time. Also, another valuable source I have found particularly useful is um, newspaper archives. So I can go and to the individual offices where the newspapers are held, or there is a fantastic website called British Newspaper Archive, which has, oh, a million plus um, newspaper reports. You put your relative's surname into the search field, and I have been able to find details maybe of accidents concerning shipyard workers. Sadly, there were many people who died during construction of various ships 
and it was estimated that for every thousand tons of ship built, there was at least one accident. Now, that may have been a minor accident, a scald, a burn, or a broken limb, right the way through to, um, sadly, accidents where the person died. And in fact, there was actually an ambulance based on the site of Houndon Wolf because there were so many people needed to be taken to hospital during a week's work. There are many sources as well that I have used to discover further details, including wills. So you're able to maybe see copies of somebody's will and it will say he was a chief draftsman or a naval architect. And you can see that it maybe says that they worked in Harndon Wolf or Workman Clark. So those are just a few of the sources that I have been able to help people find their information. Have you helped anyone find their Titanic relatives or Harland and Wolf relatives? And do you have any interesting stories that you want to share? Yes, so um, in the Belfast Titanic Society, um, we get many inquiries from people saying, my grandfather worked um, in the shipyard during the period when Titanic was built. Can you tell me if they did? Now, sadly, we cannot really be 100% certain. So during the time of Titanic's construction, there were approximately 15,000 employees in Harland and Wolf. And of those, it is estimated that 3,000 worked directly on Titanic's construction. There were other vessels being built at the same time and other ships being repaired, so they wouldn't have worked exclusively on the Titanic. There are a few instances where we do have records that state the relative worked on Titanic. So we have had access to Horndon Wolf Fines book, which is where employees were fined for a misdemeanor. One of them included a man called John Henry, who was a fitter's assistant. And uh, he was actually fined a quarter of a day's pay for dropping links from vessel 401. As we know, 401 relates to Titanic. So therefore, if anyone is related to John Henry, we can say, yes, he definitely worked on Titanic. We also know of at least eight men who died during Titanic's construction. Five of those have been identified. One actually died during the launch of Titanic. But that one that got trapped under the support? That's right, Edward. He did when the shorn of the wood was being pushed away at the launch. He was hit on the head with one and he actually died the following day in the hospital. So James Dobbin, that man's name was. There are three men that haven't been identified, sadly. So how we've been able to even identify those five men is because newspaper reports have stated that they were working on Titanic or they were working on 401, Titanic's number. Of course, we've also got family stories of those who, like my own grandfather, um, my own mother, she'll be coming 95 this year and her brother will be 99. And they grew up knowing that their father had worked on Titanic, but sadly he did not like talking about it. 
It was a taboo subject. It was probably a very sad subject for him. And they were known to have uh, said, no, don't ask your father about Titanic because it was so sad knowing um, just the severe loss of life. So people have heard stories within their own family. So family stories do sometimes get elaborated, exaggerated, sometimes have to be taken with a pinch of salt. But um, we have to go by their word and those that said they did work on Titanic and that's been passed on to family members. Sadly, we don't have really the evidence to back that up. You were going to ask me as well about various stories um, relating to those that I have found out. Um, one in particular, and it's a topic that you know about because you attended the talk where we um, talked about Samuel Joseph Scott, who was the supposed first victim, a 15-year-old boy who died when he fell from staging. And he um, was part of the riveting gang that put in the rivets. He was a catch boy. And through recent research, a lady, Jeanette Lunn, has discovered the body of Samuel Joseph Scott buried in Belfast City Cemetery is actually not him, but his younger brother, 13-year-old George. And Samuel Joseph Scott, in actual fact, went on to lead a full and busy life and didn't die until many years later. So it just goes to show, even after all these years, we can find out fascinating stories about individuals. And that story was only made available because of the excellent research work done from the genealogy point of view. Um, we have been able to, I have certainly discovered many stories in newspapers and been able to connect families together who had shipyard relatives. So someone came and told me their relative worked in the shipyard. And I said, ah, that name rings a bell. And I went and I looked all my records up because I keep all the contact information of people who get in touch with me. And I was able to put those two families together. They, in fact, were distant cousins and they shared a grandfather who worked in Harland and Wilf. And so it is great. I have been able to give information to people who um, didn't know very much about their family, but I maybe spend a couple of hours going through lots of different records that I have found online. And um, there are other sources that I told about in my talk last year when I give information, how you can obtain other records, apprenticeship records. So maybe in the family, you've got the man's apprenticeship record. So that will give his occupation how many years he was due to serve his apprenticeship and what pay he received. Perhaps the family have still got pay slips or they've got a union card relating to the man's employment. And there's also a lady who was a secretary in Harland and Wolf, and she retained the stub of her launch ticket. So she actually attended the launch of Titanic and she wrote little details on the back of it. And that is actually on show in the Titanic Exhibition Centre in Belfast. Lots of information is just constantly surfacing. I came across a new record recently relating to union cards. 
So those who were part of the union, their details are written down. And what it is hoped I would love to do in the future is to gather all this information together, put them into spreadsheets so that we can look up individuals' details and give that information to those who are looking for it. Thank you, Maureen, for being on the show today. Thank you very much for inviting me, Edward. And if any listeners want to know more about their shipyard relatives, I am more than happy to answer any questions they can get in touch with me. I really have enjoyed talking to you today, Edward, and it is fantastic speaking to a descendant of Edward Harland. I feel very privileged and thank you very much for having me on your wonderful show. So there it is, folks. The show about Titanic is complete, but not so complete. Tune in for the next episode of the show about Titanic. Until then, goodbye.